0: Mission running. Lift off. We have a lift off. It is nine after the hour. I'm Eric Erickson. This is Atlanta's Evening News. The phone number 404-872-0750. wsb talk There are some showers in the area, particularly on the south side, but heads up, if you are headed north on 575 north of Woodstock, you're going to get some very heavy rain in the Holly Springs area. Uh, it is a small shower, but dumping a ton of rain. So just Be advised if you head up there, make sure your headlights are on. Y'all, before I get into the the latest progression of Kavanaugh, there is local news still happening. The Abrams-Kemp race is still happening, and Stacey Abrams has released an internal poll. Uh, It has her ahead of Kemp, 48-42, margin of error of uh, looks like 6%. Uh, No, 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 she's got a third party in Undecideds um, with about 10% plus or minus 6% error. Um I no, I I don't think this is legit. Here's the thing. Um I really genuinely think that when the Abrams camp is pushing a democratic poll uh, trying to so show, show she has moved ahead of Brian Kemp, uh, that this is more for PR. She's trying to get national attention for fundraising. I don't believe this is true. I really don't. I also think that she has an uh, absurdly high number of Democrats turning out, even for a year with Democratic margins uh, increasing. I think that it is much more in her poll than is actually going to turn out. Um, that is the latest there. You need to know an outside pressure group has come in to try to get Brian Kemp to distance himself from saying nice things about, uh, Brett Kavanaugh. I don't think that is going to work. Um, also this is actually big for the Atlanta metro area. Um, I have signed the contract for the Resurgent Gathering 2019. We have extended a formal invitation to Vice President Pence to be there. It will be August 1st through the 4th this coming year at the Grand Hyatt in Buckhead. If you would like to register right now for, I think, another four weeks, you can register for just $50. Text the word Atlanta to 345-345. Uh, And you can come to the Resurgent Conference in Atlanta uh, August 1st through the 4th this coming year and register for just 50 bucks right now. Uh, We have invited the vice president. Hopefully, he'll be able to come. I think more and more people are coming to the conclusion that given what is happening to Brett Kavanaugh what happened to Ted Cruz last night in Washington and the like that we all very much must rally as conservatives uh, as a matter of existential crisis against the left that is out to get us uh, more and more Republicans I'm hearing from are having this conversation that given the attacks on Brett Kavanaugh the only thing Republicans can do is is double down in their support of Republicans show up in November and then probably stay with the president in 2020 against the Democrats who very clearly seem to want to purge us all from society. Uh, Just how badly things are going for them on the Brett Kavanaugh situation, though, I do want to bring you up to speed on this. It's a rather big deal. Senators are signaling they expect to have this whole thing done by Tuesday next week. Now, how? This is what's happening here. Uh, They're going to hold a hearing on Thursday for the Kavanaugh matter with Dr. Ford. Late this afternoon, Dr. Ford is signaling she's not showing up uh, that they Senator Grassley is refusing to share with her team who the lawyer is. He's hired a female lawyer who has experience in sex crimes to question both. Dr. Ford and Brett Kavanaugh on behalf of Senate Republicans. He is not telling anyone who it is. And he says it is for this lawyer's own protection and safety. He's not telling the Democrats who it is because he thinks they have a pattern of leaking damaging information and withholding information from him. And now the Ford team is saying, well, if they can't find out now who it is, she may not come. She only wants to be questioned by the Republicans. It's worth pointing out that last week, the exact same attorney for Dr. Ford was saying it would be impossible to get a fair hearing from all these Republican men, uh, that there were no women, and so there was no reason for them to come because. Because they couldn't get a fair hearing and now suddenly they're saying that the only way that they're going to come is if only the white male republicans can ask questions the ones they've already said would not give them a fair hearing this is this is i mean animal farm we're dealing with by the way, the phone number, I, I think I gave it, but if I didn't, 872 750 1-800-WSB-TALK. I, I want to spend some time, I've had several people who I respect, reach out to me and ask me why I'm so definitive that he is innocent, that these are false accusations. And if you can stick around uh, into the next hour, I want to deal with that. I also want to deal with the president's speech to the United Nations today, but I think it's much more important at this precise moment to bring you the current state of play in the Kavanaugh situation. We have gone from him being accused of attempted rape to being accused of exposing himself to now they're running stories that he drank in college. That's actually, in fact, I, I would not be surprised if since last night he told Fox News that he never got blackout drunk, that we're going to have stories that, in fact, he drank a lot in college. I mean, they, they, they want to essentially they're taking his statements and now they're going to form attacks on him based on those statements. So, for example, he said he did not have um, intimate relations with a woman until later in life. And now, apparently, some guy has come forward who claims who is a, a, by the way, a progressive activist who claims that he overheard Kavanaugh bragging about his exploits while a freshman in college. I got to tell you, freshman guys, it's one of the things they brag about, whether it happened or not. Nonetheless. A progressive activist who has written a book accusing all Trump supporters of being white supremacists has come forward and said that Kavanaugh bragged about this when he was a freshman in college. So it must be a lie that that he waited until later in life. Uh, Also, we apparently have someone coming forward now who says he saw Brett Kavanaugh uh, drink a lot in college and stand on a table one time. This is this is where we are. I I thought he was accused of attempted rape. Now it's now it's he drank in college and had a good time. That's that's where we are. The also you should know the New York Times has now edited their story on Deborah Ramirez. Deborah Ramirez is the woman who gave the exclusive to The New Yorker. And The New York Times wrote a story where they noted that they reached out to several dozen, not one dozen, not two dozen, but several dozen people who said uh, that Deborah Ramirez reached out to them, said she could not remember if this was Kavanaugh, and asked them if they would back her up on it being Kavanaugh. And so they didn't run the story. The New York Times has taken that paragraph out of its story about the, the uh, Ramirez allegations. So in other words, they went from confirming that she had no story, and that's why they didn't run it, to making that disappear. And now Deborah Ramirez herself has come forward and said she has no intention of cooperating with the Senate, that if they want to know what she thinks, or they can read what she said to the New Yorker. Well, Bob Corker, the Senator from Tennessee has come out regarding that this afternoon and said he read the New Yorker and that it's a pretty shallow piece without any major details and without anyone backing her up. Sounds like we're headed towards a confirmation vote. In fact, what I am told by staffers who are associated with the Judiciary Committee is they think it is more and more likely that Chuck Grassley calls a vote on Thursday... And that, uh, assuming there are the votes to get this through to the floor of the Senate, that that vote takes place no longer, no later than Tuesday. Johnny Isaacson himself coming out and saying that he expects this to happen by Tuesday, whether the votes are there or not for Kavanaugh, that they will be done with this process by Tuesday. And I'm hearing they have the votes pending major revelations from Dr. Ford. If she throws a major wild card out there on Thursday... Then he may not have the votes, but the question right now is whether or not she even shows up her lawyer signaling she's not going to. When we come back, I want to break down for you what her lawyer has just said to Senator Chuck Grassley in the last few hours. And also Senator Feinstein has in the past, uh, looks like two and a half, three hours, sent a letter to uh, Senator Grassley. Demanding that they delay again, I've got Chuck Grassley's letter back to Dianne Feinstein, and it throws a few bombs. It is 26 after the hour. The phone number is 404-872-0750-1800. WSB Talk. When we come back... There are some developments in the Senate between Lisa Murkowski, Susan Collins, Jeff Flake, Bob Corker, uh, even Joe Manchin. And what about Heidi Heitzkamp? Uh, and then what about the Kavanaugh interview last night? Well, the Democrats are trying to now change the play field. I got to tell you, I genuinely think that it's done. Um, I genuinely think that Kavanaugh is going to get confirmed unless Ford shows up on Thursday and comes across as super credible. I don't even know if she's going to show up now. Uh, Senate Republicans aren't sure. Her lawyer has sent some last-minute demands again uh, about requiring that only Senate Republicans question her. Kamala Harris, the senator from California, is attacking Senate Republicans for demanding an outside lawyer question Blazy Ford when just last week she was attacking Republicans as being unable to ask questions that it wouldn't be fair if they did it. It's Eric Erickson. It is 39 after the hour. Phone is 404-872-0750-1800. Double USB talk. I want to go to the phones now. Let's go to Ellis calling in Atlanta. You're up first tonight. Welcome. Hi, Eric. It's a pleasure to be on the show. My comment is about the Vogel power plant and yes. the decision whether or not to close it. This is an Aspect of civilian nuclear power plants that isn't often discussed, but the military nuclear program is predicated on a healthy civilian program. And without new civilian nuclear reactors, we're going to find ourselves in a tough spot. And and frankly, it's going to threaten our military superiority. And, And there are significant... Issues and risks about nuclear power plants, but they're indispensable to our military. Yeah, you know, I, I got to tell you, Ellis, you make a very good point on that. And and I also think, and for those of you who don't know what Ellis is talking about, um, we're, we're deviating from Kavanaugh here as we're expecting a very big decision uh, around 7 o'clock tonight on whether the power companies in Georgia, the municipal companies, the, the electric membership cooperatives in Georgia Power are together going to continue plant Vogel, which continues to have massive cost overruns. Uh, And it is really becoming a a boondoggle. And I was last time very much of the sense that they should move forward, but this project is continuing to just be a disaster. And I'm not exactly sure what's going on. Westinghouse, the blueprints under which they were building this plant uh, were from Westinghouse, which has gone bankrupt, is going through bankruptcy, I believe. Uh, But it's just a disaster. At this point, though, they are so far invested in this. It makes sense to go forward, but uh, the smaller power companies want Georgia Power to take on a heavy, uh, a larger part of the debt, and we'll find out at 7 o'clock what, what they decide to do. It is it is no easy call for any of them. Now, on the situation with Republicans and Blasey Ford on Thursday, I, I do at the top of the hour. I want to answer your question because I've gotten a lot of questions from a lot of people, from a lot of listeners, from people I respect. Um, Some of them are listeners. (laughs) Um, Asking why I'm so adamant that Brett Kavanaugh did not sexually assault Professor Ford. And I I really do treat that seriously, that question seriously. Uh, Why am I not waiting to make up my mind? Uh, And I think the Senate should wait. To make up his mind. I, I am against the people attacking Ben Sass for being quiet on this uh, because I think that Ben Sass is doing the right thing as a senator who sits on the Judiciary Committee. Wait for all the facts. She has been called to testify on Thursday. I don't know that she is. Now, Dianne Feinstein has sent a letter to Chuck Grassley asking that this hearing be further delayed, and he has replied back and said, absolutely not. Um, that Ms. Ramirez, Deborah Ramirez in The New Yorker, her uh, story is not Related to the story about um, Christine Blasey Ford, so there's no reason to wait for her to have to testify together with Ford when they're separate incidents. Uh, Ford can continue to testify and then he drops the hammer on her and says all of the, the delays and obfuscation and whatnot have come from the Democrats who knew about both stories and failed to timely notify the committee as a whole so that they could begin proper investigations and that he assures Dianne Feinstein that the Republicans on the committee will treat uh, Ms. Ford way more fairly than the Democrats have, which is a pretty Big slap at Dianne Feinstein, given that we are here because she held on to this letter until the very last minute after telling Democratic colleagues for months it was not a serious, credible allegation. By the way, did you know that? Because it hasn't really come out in the press. The Weekly Standard has quotes from Democratic staffers on the Senate that Dianne Feinstein told her Democratic colleagues she had received this allegation. It happened too long ago, was not credible, and there were no witnesses. She actually said that to the Democrats, and yet now here we are. Uh now, back to the phones we go four oh four eight seven two zero seven five zero one eight hundred w s b talk Jack and Marietta you're next welcome hey eric good to be good to hear your voice, but Thanks. anyway, I wanted to ask a question Why do the Republicans continue to play this game? The Democrats have had that information since July if it wasn't important enough to bring to the to the committee it shouldn't be important now oh it shouldn't be jack but here let me play this audio for you this is uh from today this is lisa murkowski the republican senator from alaska who's technically an independent but caucuses with the republicans she won against uh what was his name um oh joe what's his name from alaska uh who ran against her I'm sorry, I can't remember his last name now. Uh, Joe Miller, Joe Miller, yeah. And uh, she won as an independent with Mitch McConnell's help against Miller. Uh, McConnell went with Murkowski, who became an independent after she lost the Republican primary, helped her win. She owes her political future to him. And yet here's Lisa Murkowski today. I have an opportunity, along with other members of the Senate, and um, really people all over the country, to, to hear uh, from Dr. Ford and equally important to hear from Judge Kavanaugh, is it they the will FBI? be they will be on the record under oath And it will be an opportunity for for us to to again hear both sides of, of this story And she also said it's about whether or not a woman who has been a victim at some point in her life is to be believed not about Judge Kavanaugh's qualifications So the Republicans have to do this. If they don't go through with the hearing and give Ford the opportunity to testify, they lose Collins, they lose Murkowski, they lose Flake, and they lose Corker. If they give her the opportunity to a hearing, they probably get all four unless she comes across as exceedingly credible. So they either have the chance to get Kavanaugh confirmed, more likely than not, by letting this hearing go forward, or ensuring that he never gets confirmed by not holding this hearing. They, they've got to hold the hearing, whether we want them to or not. <music> eh, just when you think things are starting to fade, they pick up. Y'all, uh, the, the Ted Cruz situation, I want to talk about that when we get back. Uh, being chased out of a restaurant on a date with his wife by progressive activists. But when we come back, before I do anything else, before I even get to the president's speech of the United Nations, I believe I owe it to all of you as to why I do not believe the accusers of Brett Kavanaugh and think these are partisan hit jobs. It is nine after the hour. I am Eric Erickson. This is Atlanta's evening news on WSB. The phone number is 404-872-0750. 1-800-WSB-TALK. Why don't I believe the women? I have had multiple people ask me, and a number of listeners have asked me, and a number of others have reached out. uh, Why am I so adamantly in defense of Brett Kavanaugh? And I owe you that explanation, I think. I believe Brett Kavanaugh, and I am convinced that this is a partisan operation, that he did not sexually assault Christine Blasey Ford, because I know partisan operations when I see them. And I do not believe that a woman who is sexually assaulted and 35 years later thinks she needs to tell the world because this person might wind up on the Supreme Court, that woman would not tip off the Washington Post and then begin a collaborative relationship with a progressive lawyer tied to the resistance and Dianne Feinstein's office. She would go to a local reporter, she would go to the police, or she would go privately to her senator... Dianne Feinstein, and beg her to help her get to Chuck Grassley and talk to him. She would not make a collaboration with partisan Democrats. Now, let me deal with Deborah Ramirez before I really get into the details of of Christine Blasey Ford. Deborah Ramirez, I think, is as much a partisan hack as the others we've encountered here. She is a Democrat. She is a progressive. She is a uh, supports abortion, right? She is working with a uh, Democrat-backed lawyer who has given money to Democrats. She compiled a bunch of witnesses. Who, none of whom corroborate her story. She called several dozen of them and said uh, that she was going to tell the story. She wasn't sure it was Kavanaugh, but would they please back her up? She wasn't even sure it was Kavanaugh until after six days of talking with her lawyer. She admits she was drunk. Uh, her vision was fuzzy. Her mind was foggy. She can't remember all the details. But yet after six days of talking with her partisan Democrat lawyer, she's convinced it was Brett Kavanaugh. And now... When the Senate Judiciary Committee has come inquiring to her as to will she testify, she said she said everything she's going to say to the New Yorker. And by the way, she gave them an exclusive. If you want the world to know what a cad Brett Kavanaugh is, you don't give an exclusive to the New Yorker. You tell your story everywhere. You don't coordinate with Democrats, and you sure as heck don't call all your friends from college and say, Hey, I'm not sure it's him, but would you back me up on it if reporters come calling? That's not the behavior of a truthful, credible victim. And I have seen credible victims. I have dealt with credible victims. That's not the behavior of a credible victim. That dismisses her. Okay. So let's deal with Christine Blasey Ford. Christine Blasey Ford claims that over 35 years ago, Brett Kavanaugh, and it's got to really be 36 years ago, because 35 years ago, he graduated from high school and it happened uh, during the summer while they were in high school together. So 36 years ago, 36 years ago, she claims Brett Kavanaugh. Was drunk. She had been drinking. Uh, he took her into a bedroom, pushed her onto a bed, uh, tr- tried to sexually assault her along with my Mark Judge, and couldn't perform because he'd been drinking so much. And she went home ashamed, and never told a single soul ever, ever, until his name appeared as a possible nominee for the Supreme Court for Mitt Romney. Uh, her lawyer, her therapist wrote some pretty detailed notes about what she said, and Kavanaugh's name's not there, but her husband claims, oh, wait, 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 yes, we mentioned his name. Pay no attention to the fact that the uh, therapist got details wrong as to the number we said and didn't write down Kavanaugh's name. Key detail, don't you think the therapist might write that down? And then she says that it resurfaced for her And this is a key detail no one's mentioned. It resurfaced for her after Kavanaugh's name came up in 2017 as a possible Supreme Court pick. There's a real problem with this one that people haven't dug into, folks. Brett Kavanaugh's name did not come up in 2017. She says she told someone. She won't identify who. She says she told someone in 2017 about this issue. When Brett Kavanaugh's name came up, except Kavanaugh wasn't on the list. Remember, the president said his first pick would be from the list of 25 people the Heritage Foundation put together for him during the campaign. Kavanaugh's name wasn't there. His name never came up in 2017 as a possible Supreme Court pick. The only names that came up were on the list. So it would have been impossible for her to have told someone in 2017 when his name came up about being a Supreme Court pick when his name did not come up in 2017 as a Supreme Court pick. It didn't come up until he was added to the list in 2018, earlier this year, as rumors began to circulate that Anthony Kennedy was going to retire. No one's paid attention to that fact, but that is a fact. Then there's this. She said that she couldn't be there Monday, last Monday she hemmed and hawed and first said she couldn't be there to testify because she couldn't get a fair hearing from the Senate Republican men. So the Senate Republican men said they would just send investigators. and She said, no, we need the FBI, and they refused. Well, then she said she can't testify before these men because they're men. They're all men, and they're not fair. So they said, well, we'll get a woman to ask you a question. She said, no, it's got to be the men. Then she said, and, and I can't do it Monday anyway because i got to drive cross-country and I'm scared of planes. I don't like confined spaces. So I got to drive across country and that's going to take four or five days to do. So I can't do it until Thursday. Except in her unredacted letter to Diane Feinstein, she told Diane Feinstein that she could speak to her through the end of August 7th of this year, or again on the 10th when she was back in California. So either she took the train, which is not likely because that's Basically a three day trip on Amtrak or she flew and now she's lying. And if she's so insistent that she's got to take her car because she doesn't like confined spaces, she can't take Amtrak and she can't take the airplane. Well, then she didn't take Amtrak and she didn't take the airplane then, but she did because there's no way you can get from Washington, D.C. to San Francisco, California in 48 hours. It's a 40-hour nonstop drive, and that is nonstop literally, meaning no stops for gas, no stops for bathroom breaks, no stops for food. It's not possible. None of her story adds up. And then there's this. She's named five witnesses. Five witnesses. Herself, Patrick Smith, Mark Judge, Brett Kavanaugh, Leland Kaiser Leland Kaiser is female lifelong friend went to high school with her not only does it know Brett Kavanaugh but has no memory of that happening and so she named her and then what does the lawyer say oh well of course she probably wouldn't it happened so long ago and she she wouldn't remember that sort of party Uh uh-huh and by the way she's just gone off she's gone into hiding she wants no part of this She's a professional golfer. She does not want any part of this political controversy. Then there's Mark Judge who denies it, which you could expect, and Brett Kavanaugh who denies it, which you could expect. But all of these people were willing to go under oath with the Senate Judiciary Committee and be charged with perjury if they're lying. The only person who's refused to go under oath with the Senate Judiciary Committee is Christine Blasey Ford herself. And there's a question as to whether or not she'll even show up on Thursday and be put under oath. That's why I don't believe her. This is not an organic thing. This has two weeks ago. If you've listened to this program over the last two weeks, you know, I have predicted every twist and turn with incredible accuracy. And it's not because I can see into the future. And it's not because I'm getting sources telling me, guess what's coming next? It's because I know how to do a partisan hit job because I was a political consultant and a campaign manager. And it's what I did for a living. And so I could tell you what was coming because it's the sort of stuff that I did in campaign management school. It's that predictable. And that means it's not believable. It's not credible. It's a partisan hit coordinated with Democrats. That is why I think Brett Kavanaugh is being falsely accused. And it's unfortunate he is. And he needs to be able to defend himself on Thursday, and the Senate Republicans need to stand with him. Heavy rain over two eighty-five south of I twenty on the west side. I, I I guess I do need to clarify something. Uh, we had a couple of calls of people who are. Eh? Um, I I never organized a hit against anyone. Uh, like that being done against Brett Kavanaugh. Um, I never had to in running campaigns. Uh, I had other things, uh, legitimate things, with which to take people out, but I can tell you what I know because I know how to do these things. Uh, it's one of the things you're trained in in campaign management school. It's also one of the reasons that so many Republican senators are um, looking at this skeptically. What you do is... You release an, um, you, you release a statement and you give the other side, you, you coordinate with reporters, you let them know it's coming so that it's the reporters who go rush and find out what actually happened. And then once you've done all of that and you know largely how they're going to respond with denials, well, then you dribble out a little more information that cast their denials with skepticism and let them respond to that. And and, and you keep in, inching this a little bit forward. And each time you largely plot out knowing what they're going to deny and how to zigzag around the denials to keep building a case. It, it's, it, this is campaign strategy 101. And it's very predictable in this case that you know how they're going to plot this out. I got an unusual message from a listener. Uh they follow me on Twitter and Instagram and what's my Snapchat? Uh I don't have Snapchat. I don't want Snapchat. I'm 43-year-old married father of two. I have no business being on Snapchat. It's like the Billy Graham rule for the internet. Stay away from Snapchat. None of you have any business being on there either. What a godforsaken platform. If your kids are on there, get them off of there. It's not a safe place in my mind. In fact, if you come to my house, you can't get on Snapchat cuz I have it blocked uh, for everyone. Ugh. Do not like that place. Um, now, but you can follow me on Twitter, Instagram, or Facebook, Eddie W Erickson. Let's go back to the phone. Shall we? Jerry in John's Creek. You're next. Welcome. Hey Eric. How's it going? Good. How are you? All right. So let's talk about the Anthony Wiener. Laptop no! <laughs> computer. That supposedly has information on a $15 million slush fund that these congressmen and senators have created, why don't, why don't the Republicans demand to see what's on the laptop? Is it, is, are, are we afraid that maybe we might just find out they're all one and the same? Well, so I, I don't actually put a lot of credence in the, the supposed uh, knowledge of the slush fund on Anthony Weiner's laptop. Uh, Anthony Weiner would not have, given his low rank among the House Republicans, he would not have had access to a slush fund of members of Congress uh, paying off sexual harassment. Now, there is... There is a list of people who have uh, paid in Congress um, taxpayer dollars to cover claims of staffer sexual assault and sa- sexual harassment. I'm shocked Republicans haven't run on this issue and I'm sure it's because they don't want to indict some of their own, but this is a Republican and a Democrat issue. Uh, absolutely um, they they should be exposing this, and I bet you there are a lot of Democrats on there as well. Jim in Atlanta, you're next. Yeah, um, I want to talk about the Kavanaugh interview. There's something, uh, it, you, something you said reminded me of something you said yesterday. You said that the interview wasn't on the other networks. It was on Fox because the other networks had sexual harassment issues. <laughs> well, I, 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 I was thinking, being well, flippant with Fox that. Had, I think it had a lot to do with, with letting the had, president view it. Well, I, I thought Fox had probably more sexual harassment issues with Roger Ailes and with, with Bill Shine, the guy kind of in charge there, fired and, and now in the White House. I, I thought, were you kidding about that or was that? Well, I, I was being somewhat flippant, Jim, in, in that right now you've got, let's see, uh, NBC, Andy Lack is under investigation for covering up the Matt Lauer stuff. You've got Les Moonves just booted out at CBS. Uh, you've got, apparently there's an investigation I think I read the other day going on at ABC. Um, and so Fox is like the one safe space In cable news right now, because Ailes had been there, but he's dead and gone for more than a year. Uh, Suzanne Scott is now in charge of Fox News and has cleaned the place up. Uh, So, yeah, that's the irony here is that Fox is now the safe place to do an interview about sexual harassment accusations uh, because all the other network presidents are under investigation. Currently, Fox has already disposed of the guy that that was under investigation there. Um, but, you know, on a more serious note, that Kavanaugh interview, I think he did a good job. It, it humanized him. It made him and his wife seem like real people. He had enough of a bit of outrage in there to make it clear and significant that he um, he he felt aggrieved. I think he did a good job on that. And frankly, it makes other people... Willing to defend him because I I can't tell you the number of people I saw who were going on and on about how if he's not going to stand up and defend himself, why should I bother? It makes him look guilty. Well, now he has. And these people are like, yeah, I believe the guy. We need to go defend him. I, I, I totally think so. I totally think he's worth defending. And now people are standing up and defending him. And frankly, I, I, I was being flip about the sexual harassment stuff. The real reason I think is, is he wanted one Republicans to see him and two, the president of the United States to see him. Uh, If he's got the president of the United States in his corner now by going on with Martha McCallum. And that's a good thing for his confirmation. Now, uh, by the way, it looks like we now have oh horror of horrors, a Buzzfeed hit. On Brett Kavanaugh, that he was in a quote unquote drinky crowd. A drinky crowd. They drank in college (gasps) when the drinking age was 18, by the way. You should know he was in college when the drinking age was 18. The headline quote in the story comes from a guy who later says he never socialized with Brett Kavanaugh. He never socialized with him, but yet he was in a drinky, drinky crowd. My goodness gracious. Ah, these people, y'all, I am telling you, they don't care. They don't care about whether Brett Kavanaugh did it or not. They are very honest that it's about his jurisprudence and they will run any lie. But, but this is where we are. We've gone from, he sexually harassed a woman to he's in a drinky crowd. He's in a drinky crowd in college. Who wasn't? You know, by the way, remember if in in 2016, the Democrats attacked Donald Trump for being a teetotaler, that he couldn't relate to the American experience by being a teetotaler. They were suspicious of him being an authoritarian figure because he was a teetotaler. You can't trust those teetotalers. The people who don't drink, there's something wrong with them. They actually ran sociological research claiming to show that people who, who don't drink have something wrong with them. They, they have sociological authoritarian instincts, and now suddenly we're all... We need a teetotaler on the Supreme Court. If Mike Lee was the nominee, who's a Mormon who doesn't drink, if he was on the if he was the nominee, they said, oh, "Well, he can't relate to the experience of Americans because he's never had a beer." They're grasping at straws. Well... Here you go folks. We've gone from Brett Kavanaugh sexually assaulted a woman to he ran with a drinky crowd. That's actually the story at BuzzFeed right now. Brett Kavanaugh hung out with a drinky crowd. Oh, what is a a drinky crowd? Well, a crowd that like to drink beer. That's that is that's it. He he hung out with a drinky crowd. The chief witness to all of this is someone who BuzzFeed says never socialized with Brett Kavanaugh. That's right. Have you noticed that all the people that all of these reporters are claiming as witnesses are not people who actually have firsthand knowledge of anything? I mean, th- that's, that's where we are here, that, that they've redefined the word witness to mean someone who heard something from someone else. That's called hearsay. That's not a witness. Now, before I get out of here tonight, uh, it just you need to be advised there is a very strong storm headed towards Smyrna and Vinings. Uh, it is not a severe thunderstorm in that classification, but it's very heavy rain. It is right over 285, uh, right over 285, the Atlanta Highway area, um, slightly north of the exit to Mableton on 285, north of I-20 on the west side. It stretches all the way into the Hayes Mill or Hayes Mill, that the, the Howell Mill Road area inside Atlanta. Um, it is headed towards Smyrna. It is very, very strong. There's light rain down by the airport. There is a very heavy rain headed north towards Fayetteville. It is south of there right now. Um, it's north of Sonoya, north of Peachtree city. Peachtree city is about to get some heavy, heavy rain. Tyrone is about to get very heavy rain. And right now, Um, There is a strong band of storms headed into the Carroll County area towards Whitesburg, uh, headed towards Palmetto. There's some rain as well. The really heavy stuff, though, has just crossed into Georgia from Alabama in Columbus. Now, I realize that's outside the listening range. The reason I'm bringing this up is that this storm is headed north-northeast. It is a very strong band of showers. Just for perspective, it stretches from uh, just close to... Uh, Pine Mountain, Georgia, near LaGrange, this this band of heavy storms, stretches from Pine Mountain, Georgia, all the way to the Gulf of Mexico. That should give you perspective here. Goes all the way south through Tallahassee, uh, Mexico Beach, Tyndall Air Force Base, down to the Gulf of Mexico. These storms that are coming in, they are headed into the metro area. They're going to hit here overnight into tomorrow morning, this rain that's coming. So please stick with us. In the morning, I know it's shameless shameless self-promotion, but we're the only people that have a 24-hour traffic team and a meteorologist who's been studying meteorology in Atlanta for over 30 years and knows all the weather patterns. So if you want to get to work on time tomorrow and then home tomorrow afternoon, you probably need to tune in to Doug Turnbull and Kirk Mellish because these storms are coming up. They will be through overnight uh, and they're going to linger tomorrow. So please do that. Now, back to the rest of our program. I'm going to do another resurgent gathering. We're going to do it in Atlanta. The first weekend in August, that's August 1st, 2nd, 3rd, and 4th. We are going to invite, well, I'm going to invite formally the Vice President of the United States to come. I don't know whether he'll say yes, but this Kavanaugh thing, the chasing Ted Cruz out of a restaurant by progressive activists, uh, from chasing Sarah Sanders out to chasing Ted Cruz out to trying to shut down that poor baker in Colorado. It is very, very clear that by 2020, battle lines are going to be drawn, and what I can do to the unite the right as best I can against this, I will gladly do, and that includes inviting the vice president to come to our conference next year. If you want to come, text the word uh, Atlanta to three four five three four five.